Have you ever wondered how to instill the habits of confidence in your kids from an early age? Did you know that when your kids display confidence, that other people have more confidence in them, which affects all kinds of aspects of their lives? But how do we actually equip our kids with the right communication skills and confidence habits that they need to enhance their life? Well, today in episode 203 of the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, I share my personal strategies for raising self-assured kids. It's an episode full of simple techniques for every mom in the many stages of raising your kids and helping prepare them for life. We've got manners examples with toddlers and we've got conversations to have with our teens. So it's all about simple techniques to impact your kids' habits in how to treat other people, in the messages that they send through their eye contact and posture. And well, we've just got strategies for helping your kids to rise above timidity and get their message across. So that's what we're doing today. I should also say it's kind of like a communication 101 guide that introduces you to the many types of confidence. Like there's mental confidence and there's spiritual confidence and there's body confidence. And well, there's more than that. So be sure and listen all the way to the end. And I do have a book that goes along with this as well in the older years, and it's called Gaining Momentum, Preparing Your Student for the Pursuit of a Career with or Without College. It's got communication info for them in the high school through young adult years. So be sure and check that out in my website, practicallyspeakingmom.com. And also check the show notes because I've got links to the last three episodes on this series, Confident Kids, Confident Teens. Today, in episode 203, we're actually on the fourth episode of that. The first one was in episode 175, and then 201 and 202, and you're listening to 203. There's links to all of those in the show notes, so be sure to check those out. Now let's get started with more Intentional right now. Hello, my Intentional Mom friends, I'm Val Harrison, and you're listening to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. This is your place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. And how are we doing that today? We are doing that with the theme, Confident Kids and Confident Teens. You already may know that my degree is in communications, but what I haven't talked about much in the first four years of this podcast is that I have spent over 20 years teaching homeschool co-op classes on the subject of speech and communication skills. Well, it's time for me to bring that information to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. So I'm going to be sharing tools for helping your kids develop communication skills, which they can use to build stronger relationships and to help them interact more effectively in all kinds of situations and in all kinds of settings with all types of people. So let's get started and building more confident kids right now. We're looking at some building blocks that are so necessary to help our kids feel secure enough to spread their wings out of their comfort zone and into the middle of whatever awesomeness God has for their lives. Now, when my kids were very young, I would begin confidence habits with them. Why? Because I don't want their life to be limited by timidity. 
I want them to be open to opportunities. I want them to especially be willing to walk in the unique path that God has for them. As they pray and seek God's will for their individual life, to truly become all he ordained for them to become. To do that, they needed to be willing to step out of their comfort zone. To step out of our comfort zone, we got to feel some security. That may be the main definition of the type of confidence I wanted for my kids, a willingness to take calculated risks for wise reasons. That's what I'm going to call confidence. One principle required to have that kind of confidence is to be open to opportunities. So when unique beneficial opportunities came our way, I really preferred that we say yes when possible. I'm not talking about saying yes to every sport and every club, but yes to a wide variety of opportunities. I liked for us to have connections at multiple churches, for example. We had our own church that we would participate in those opportunities, but then we'd also go to events at my parents' church or our friends' churches. Not every week. I'm not talking about a busy schedule. I'm talking about variety and expanding their vision and expanding their scope of people and interactions. So if the state fair is going on, let's go to the state fair. If there's a mission trip opportunity, let's look into if, you know, the mission trip is right for us and our situation. Another way that we would grow confidence was to have a weekly time to practice interacting or communicating with others. When they were really little, I called this manners time. We scheduled manners time at home a few times a week. Manners at home turned into speech prep. It turned into drama. It turned into debate. So manners was something we could do no matter how many kids we had. You know, I mean, we had seven kids, but I started manners practice when I had two kids. And the easiest way for me to do that was to just get some manners books like Berenstein Bears had a book on manners. Um, Busy Town had a book on manners. I would look at used book sales, garage sales. And, you know, in this day and age, we have the internet with Amazon and Mardell and Christianbook.com. There's so many places that we can look for this. But I would just get a collection of manners books and we would turn to just a page in there and we would see that manner and I'd read that page and then we would act it out. It was really that simple. And I was just creating opportunities for us to practice real life situations. So I might be practicing how to get someone's attention. For example, when we talk, we don't just start talking to someone. If we want their full attention, we need to say their name first. So maybe we would sit at the table and and I would say, Tori. And Tori would say, yes, mom. (laughs) And I'd say, can you please pass the spaghetti? (laughs) Sure. So we would practice that. Or I'd say, okay, let's just practice getting each other's attention. And that just means saying someone's name and waiting for them to acknowledge us. And usually we acknowledge someone by saying yes, or can I help you? Okay, Becca, it's your turn. So Becca could pick another family member and say, Nathan. And Nathan can say, yes, Becca. 
So just practicing that very basic step of getting someone's attention is teaching them the habit of giving eye contact and verbal communication with other people. Just that one step alone builds confidence in our kids. It helps them to be prepared ahead of time for different situations. It also is setting themselves up for being successful in the things they attempt. I don't know about you, but I come across people all the time who do not know common interaction appropriate behavior. So they may want something, but because they haven't learned appropriate ways to communicate it, they're often not getting what they want. Now we could take a big thing like Shark Tank. Have you watched that show? I kind of love that show. But people will present their business ideas on there and the sharks will either offer them a deal or not. Well, if they've learned how to communicate, sometimes there'll be people on there, entrepreneurs on there, who've come up with a great idea, but they gave a horrible presentation. It was so unimpressive. They did not build the confidence of the investors, so nobody invested with them. And that's really what we're doing when we're teaching kids how to communicate effectively. We're helping other people to have confidence in our kids. And that's what we want for our kids. We want people to have confidence in them so that they achieve what they're attempting. If one of our kids needs to talk to their teacher, if they've learned effective ways to communicate, they're more likely to get what they want from that teacher. That's just, you know, kind of the basics of life. But also learning good communication blesses others more. I want to be a blessing. I want my kids to be a blessing. I want them to think about how they are interacting with their friends. And in so doing, their friends are learning how to interact back with them. The way we treat others is generally the way others treat us. I tell my kids all the time, you are determining how others treat you. You're in charge of that. You need to have confidence and boundaries. Okay, so... I had all kinds of things that I practiced with the kids at home, how to argue kindly, how to ask for a toy, how to share a toy, you know, asking for a toy. We'll role play this. One of the kids is playing with a toy and the other child is to say, Andrew, when you're done with that toy, could I play with it? And Andrew is to respond back. Yes, sure. I will let you know when I'm finished with it. Or yes, in five minutes, I will give this toy to you. So teaching them just the very basics of little ways to interact, maybe with older kids teaching them, how do we bring up confrontational things in kind ways? And if I was teaching that, I might say, Josh, yes, mom, can I talk to you about a hard thing for a minute? Um, of course, mom, that's fine. Or well, actually, I'm about to head out the door. Is this something we could talk about when I get back? Or, um, well, I am expecting a phone call right now. Is it something we can talk about until the phone rings? Or, um, I really have a deadline with this assignment. Is there any way we could talk about this like at seven tonight after my deadline is passed? You know, teaching those different kind of interactions. And then, so I just said that I wanted to have a conversation about something hard. Um, Maybe my next thing after that is, I really hate bringing this up because 
they could be easily misinterpreted that I disapprove or that I'm upset with you or that I don't like how you did this or that. I I don't want you to feel uncomfortable by this conversation, but I do feel like it's something I'm supposed to talk about. So starting a difficult conversation in that way helps the other person know we aren't trying to be proud and bossy and difficult and we have weighed the pros and cons of bringing it up and felt like we needed to anyway, but we have respect for them. We honor them. We honor them with our tone and we honor them in our approach in difficult things. So anyway, I'm kind of throwing a lot of different scenarios at you here for a variety of age kids because you can have people skills practice time or communication practice time and not call it manners. If they're older, they don't want to have manners practice. Etiquette it would be a, a, an older word for manners, but even that maybe they're wanting done with that. So move it into it being speech practice or interpersonal communication skills. Okay, let's keep going. The other way that I want my kids to practice is not just at home, although I do feel like role playing and discussion at home has made a huge difference in how my kids handle different situations in life. But also, I want them to have some practice in group settings. Some organizations that are good with that, American Heritage Girls, and then there's a boys group like it too. I'll put in the show notes what the boys group is, but Both of those are great organizations for giving you some practical life skills experience. Teen Pact for a little bit older than that. This may seem like, wow, this is really excessiveness (laughs) to spend this time practicing these very specific skills with them. But what if they start feeling confident enough that the messages that God's put inside of them What if they get confident enough, brave enough, yet humble enough to present their messages effectively to the world? That's what I want for my kids. I want whatever God has for them. I do not want timidity to stand in the way of that. And I want others to have confidence in my kids. So I build confidence into them by helping them practice habits of confidence. So that's really what what we're doing with that. There are many angles to confidence. And I think I could have an entire podcast in which every episode was dedicated solely to the topic of developing confidence. Mental confidence, for example, like what you believe about yourself your perception of yourself, what you believe you're capable of being, capable of creating, capable of overcoming. You know, these are mental confidence aspects. What about body confidence and how you carry yourself and present yourself to others? This was another thing that we would practice. Only during this practice time would we do this. I would not have my kids do this all the time. So don't freak out when you hear this. But during these confidence practice times, it would be shoulders back, chin up, looking people in the eye. That that is how we present what we believe in. Because if we say things with confidence, then other people see the value in what we have to say. But if we say something quiet, head down, really sheepish, very unconfident in our approach, then the people who are hearing us do not believe our message. I want their message to be heard. I want people to know when they say, 
No, that is crossing a line with me. You have crossed a boundary. I want others to believe them and take it seriously. And so that means that they have to have some fire in their belly and some belief in their mouth and shoulders back, chin up, looking somebody in the eye and speaking loud enough. That helps accomplish the power of that message to get through to the other people. That's body confidence. What about social confidence? Social confidence in your communication with others, how you handle yourself in social situations and how we communicate with someone younger than us, older than us, how we introduce someone to a group. Maybe they're new. How do we make a friend? How do we have small talk? How do we handle relationships? There's so many aspects to relationships. And then there's spiritual confidence. Some examples of spiritual confidence would be, I am confident because I know who God made me to be. I'm confident because I know God is with me. I'm confident because God has ordained my steps. I'm confident because God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I'm confident because God says he has made plans for my life. There is also academic confidence. There is adventuring confidence. There's confidence about the ability to brainstorm new ideas or confidence in implementing ideas, confidence in entrepreneurial skills or in business skills. Confidence can just flow into all different areas of life throughout our life. So, Yes, I took this very seriously with my kids and it may sound excessive to you, but what it has done is it has opened doors for them. It has brought opportunity and it has taken away limits. There are so many aspects to confidence. So obviously we can't talk about all the different aspects of it in one episode or even in a series. What I want to do is give you one basic practical step to begin implementing with your kids today. Okay, so that's how we're wrapping up today. I want to talk to you about eye contact. Eye contact shows value. When I look you in the eye, I'm saying I value you. It also is saying I expect you to value me. I also am going to wait to share my information with you until I have your full attention because I believe that what I have to say is valuable. But likewise, I'm going to give you my full attention because I believe what you have to say is valuable also. Eye contact, full attention, gives value, speaks to the value of something. When I do not look at you while you're talking, it makes you feel not valued and it makes you feel like your message isn't valuable. And I want you to feel valued and I want you to feel valued about your message I'm going to give you my eye contact. If I try to talk to you without looking at you, if I'm looking down, it says I don't value me. If I look past you while I'm talking to you, it says I don't value you. So I'm going to learn to have eye contact and I'm going to learn to expect eye contact from those I speak with, not in a prideful way, but just in a valuing one another kind of way. So how did I get my kids to do this? Well, it's from learning to say their name and wait for eye contact. So I do this with my grandkids too. Just, hey, Jamie, 
you know, he keeps playing. Jamie, let grandma see your eyes. And then he stops and looks at, at my face because he wants grandma to see his eyes as I asked him to. And then I'll say, okay, next you'll say, yes, grandma. Yes, grandma. So next time I need him again, that is going to be my expectation. And he might not remember. And it's okay. I'm full of grace, not fussing, not nagging or finger wagging tone in my voice at all, but just, Hey, Jamie. And he's not listening again. So I'd be like, Jamie, let grandma see your eyes. I'll say, yes, grandma. You know, so I'm just teaching them the habits of interaction And it starts by when you hear your name called by grandma, then look at me and say, yes, grandma. And this begins learning how to honor one another. I want to honor them with my full attention and I want them to honor me with their full attention. And I want us to learn how to be all in, in the moments together in our lives. And this is just the very beginning step of learning to value one another. When you avoid making eye contact with someone, you are communicating some things. You might be communicating that you're not trustworthy or honest. You might be communicating that you're disrespecting them. It might be communicating to them that you dislike them or that you want to avoid the conversation. There are a lot of messages that are sent when we don't have good eye contact. And most researchers would say that eye contact is the most important form of nonverbal interaction because it has the biggest impact on how people feel about us and what we're saying. So we really do want, we want to teach our kids to have eye contact, but we also want to teach them not to stare. So when they get a little bit older, we do want to teach. So at first, we're just teaching them eye contact when we're, when we're interacting. But then when they get a little bit older, we can teach them that they want to be looking at the other person about, you know, between 50 and 70% of the time. You do want to, you look away some and look back, look away, look right back. And that helps that other person feel more comfortable and not stared at. You've heard the phrase that your eyes are the window to the soul. Well, our eyes really do reveal or send messages about what we think about the other person and their message. And we want to give approval. We want to give sorrow with our eyes sometimes or determination with our eyes. We want to give empathy with our eyes. We can communicate so many things as we learn to have good eye contact. Well, we're wrapping up there for today. Now, next week, I've got a big announcement. I am excited to share the details with you about how the podcast will look until my fifth book is finished. I finally feel like God has given me clarity on what content here should look like while I'm trying to finish up the book. And don't worry. Well, you're probably not worried, but... (laughs) The content will still include me, but I'm excited about the unique way that God has given me direction on how to handle this. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. 
Now, also next time, I will have two lists for you that go along with today's episode. One of the lists is some books that I recommend. It's some of my favorite manners books. And then it's also, for a little bit older than that, some read-alouds that make great conversations for how to interact with each other. And then the second list is of different organizations that can be helpful for your kids to be a part of in the middle school to teen years to give them those experiences of interaction. And these are organizations that are also going to grow great leadership skills in your kids, which we lead. We are setting examples all the time in our life, but we can do it effectively We can be inspiring and motivating no matter what our personality type is. It may look different and it may be a different number of people that we impact, but we're all called to be a light. So being part of great organizations can really help us do that better. So come back for those two lists, plus my big announcement next week. And here's another reminder for you that I do have a book called Gaining Momentum, Preparing Your Student for the Pursuit of a Career with or Without College. And it's going to be some how to network, how to make a success notebook so that they're collecting information for that time later when they're getting a job or getting a scholarship. And then also the last third of the book, it's about how you, the parent, can interact with them in that weird stage where they're part adult, part child, and and it just gets complicated. So the last third of the book is about your communication with them. So that book is Gaining Momentum, Preparing Your Student for the Pursuit of a Career with or Without College, and it has a new book cover, so I'm kind of excited about that too. That book is available on Amazon or on my website, practicallyspeakingmom.com. And just a reminder, in the show notes are links to the other three episodes on this confidence series. It's such a privilege to meet with you right here every week on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. And if this has been a blessing to you, will you please leave me a review? Will you leave me some stars? And if you know someone who this might be a blessing to, would you share it with them? Or just post it on your Facebook page or your Instagram or send it in a text. Okay, love you all. See you next time.